Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Attention, attention, which is, of course, English. Yes. Achtung, achtung. There you are, James. We finally, finally. Bow, finally bow down to your narrow Anglo-American perspective <laughs> on this most global of events. You happy now? <laughs> yeah, I'm so biased. <laughs> well, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, the Second World War podcast with total disregard for linear narrative. We march in any direction we like, marshaled only by the demands of our similarly eccentric audience. Um, as ever, we have a heaving post bag and lots of content to wade through. I promise in the next month or two, we'll try to get through as many of, of your questions as we possibly can. In fact, we're actually thinking about doing like a, a kind of speed dating thing where we try to answer 100 Second World War questions in a single hour, like some sort of allied high command on speed. Pervitin. P- Pervitin, yes, of course. Can it be done? Of course not. We'll probably get through three like normal. Right, um, but now, today, we have an agenda brought about by James, because you've been moonlighting for a, some TV channel or something, haven't you? Yeah, it's disgraceful, isn't it? It's really outrageous. Yeah. Um, yes, so, um, so this, uh, you know, I've done all sorts of things. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's sort of Nazi war machines, which does exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. But this is a slightly more kind of nuanced piece. Um, Lost Home Movies of the Nazis, and this is being done by some great friends of mine, Martin Davison, who used to be head of um, commissioning, uh, commissioning editor for history at yeah. uh, the BBC, um, and Aaron Young, who's a, a great old collaborator and great pal of mine. Um, and they've discovered that there's lots and lots of home movies that were shot during the Nazi period right. that are just starting to come to light because, of course... After the war, the last thing you want to do is kind of advertise a Go down to Boots and get this stuff developed. Right, well, the stuff's already <laughs> been developed. Right, That's right. the thing. But yeah, it's yeah. then being kind of locked in a box in the attic with a kind of sort of extra strong yeah. padlock on it. But now, you know, sort of, you know, several generations down the line and 75, 80 years on, it's all starting to kind of emerge. And there's these depositories over in Germany for this stuff. And it's absolutely phenomenal. What you, if you, so if you find this in the attic... You can take it in, and there's a basically have it archived, and yeah, and there's lots of lots of different wow. archives. It's not one archive, and it's and it's not like it's suddenly one archive has been discovered. There's yeah. lots of them, but what no one has done before is sort of bring all this stuff together. Yeah, and <clears throat> what they've done is a, a, quite an interesting technique. So they've done a sort of goggle box um, technique where they have um, a number of historians watching the footage. And commenting on what they're what what they're right. watching and just their their reaction. I mean, so I was shoved in front of these these movies, a whole load of them put yep. together, and you know I'd never seen them before, and I, I was just literally just responding to exactly what I've seen. Yeah. And boy, it's hard hitting stuff. I mean, you know, it really is. I mean, obviously there's there's some stuff which is you know pretty banal. It's sort of lots of Jim Connors and yep. you know gymnastics and people doing exercises and, you know, scout camp, Hitler Youth scout camp, that kind of thing. Um, and, and it's all pretty innocuous. And then suddenly it all goes a bit horrid. I mean, yeah. y- you've you've seen the playouts of them. I mean, they're yes. pretty... Well, I mean... That, just the rough cut, but I they're mean, pretty horrendous, Yeah, I mean, the, the, I th- the, thing that, the thing that struck me watching it is how, the, 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 how 
you get these very candid home movies that actually that, that tell the story of you know of the rise and fall of uh, of the Nazi state in in, in sort of in a really. Uh, I mean, I was I was first of all struck by because it starts off with sort of with sort of Hitler Youth Boy Scouts, and then and then you end up you end up in you know in the first episode, and that leads to people being shot in pits, and the and and you see the you see the absolute total one hundred percent corruption of of a of a culture and a population by a by a political movement, and and it. The thing, the thing that astonishes me is both film, both things are filmed with the same candor, and that that you would get your home, crack your home movie camera out when you're when you're doing the you know the Holocaust by bullets or Christmas. Or, well, so there's Christmas, and 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 that's a really interesting the train set, really amazing the juxt- gingerbread house, really excellent juxtaposition in it is is of the the Russian front in the winter and then a jolly Christmas at home. And and people throwing snowballs at each other, and of course, as 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 I'm sure all of our listeners know, you know, the, the, that first winter wasn't a thing that the that the German high command or the army had had really taken into account what the weather, how bitter the weather would be. They thought they were going to have won by then, um, uh, and defeated the Soviets. So those that juxtaposition is really is really sort of. Um, and it's a propaganda, and it's propaganda film of Christmas of kid, kid, this of kid, kid being given his coal scuttle helmet and all yeah. that sort of thing. It's, I mean, it's. I've got to say the thing. The thing that got me was was, you know, you see all the home domestic stuff and that's all fine, and then you start to see some of the anti-Semitism and, yeah. and it's and, and the first bit of footage that I saw dealing with that was from April nineteen thirty three, so yeah. four months after, three and a half months after Hitler takes power. Yeah, now, it's right at the beginning. Of yeah. the Nazi period, and you see some Jews being sort of jostled and, and pushed around a little bit, and you see people daubing stars of David on kind of shop fronts and all that kind of stuff, and it and it's it, it's aggressive and nasty and menacing, but it's not, it's just a foretaste of of what's going to come. Yeah, yeah. And then the footage gets worse and worse and worse, and you see how it's stepping stones, how it's small acorns develop into kind of massive yeah. great oaks of hatred yeah. and, and Holocaust, and. I think it was Nicholas Starsgaard, who's one of the one of the historians in it, who who makes a point that, you know, two million of the Jews that the six and a half million that were, were killed in the Holocaust were not killed in gas chambers, were not killed in death camps. Yeah. They were just strung up or shot. Yeah. And, and you and you see this, you know, you see in colour film people being lined up against a wall and then shot. And then you see lots of people just looking at the dead bodies. Well, and, and, you, and you also see the degradation, don't you? You see, yeah. you see them being kicked out of their homes. Yeah. There's a whole sequence of them in Dresden. Um, you know, and Dresden is, has become this kind of sort of byword for the awfulness of the strategic bombing campaign and how awful it was that we, we killed yeah. all these innocent Germans. And there is obviously a, a big point of that. Um, and... You know, Victor Begg was there, and and he was Greg was there, and he was very kind of um, traumatized by the whole thing. And you know, you can understand why he would be. And yet, when you see, you know, this was an absolute hotbed of Nazism. Yeah. And when you see what they're doing, kicking these Jews out of their homes, and the stress and trauma is causing them, it's it's, it's just well, horrible. Well, uh, it is horrible. It, 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 also, I mean, the other thing that, that and and. Right from the, the, like you say, that very early footage of thirty-three, you, you, where this this way of tr- treating Jews has been given license, 
you very much because there's always that there's always that kind of thing with why didn't why didn't Jewish people fight back? You know why didn't they why didn't they yeah, why do they just stand there? And sit they, at the edge of the pit? Stand, but you look at it because it's completely overwhelming what's happening to people yeah. to people that 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 you have a you have a thing where the normal rules have been completely um, suspended. Absolutely, and and you know it's a thing people talk about called othering now. That the it's it's other complete othering complete total othering that Jews are, are no longer German no longer acceptable and it's very interesting because Otto Klemperer is one of the is one of the mm. you know the very famous diarist who lived in Dresden yep. who was a Jew married to a Gentile and had um, first world war uh, service on his side mm. and who managed to who managed to somehow get through the cracks during the war, and he lost his job and his pet taken off. And there's a thing about oh my god, that's just you, unbelievable. I mean, really, isn't really, it? Well, and this is I mean this is this is this shows how um, British you and I are. Is that the thing with the pets? Is oh my god, they've they've crossed the bloody but line it's a, there. But it's a but, but detail but it's of Jewish of, people of aren't allowed. But Jewish people aren't allowed pets. And, that when you and they're have, not allowed to give them to well, someone and then, else. And, and yeah, and, which is bad enough. But the kicker is you're not allowed to give them to someone else. They have to be exterminated. Just, the, it's just that someone, vin, someone's thought of that and vindic- signed on the dotted the line. The vindictiveness in exactly. that. Exactly. And the way that everything's got another cruel twist. Yes. And you can see that, that there, is a, there is that line of continuity. You know, a camp with our back, Matt Ma, Ma, Ma Fry on it. Mm. That's a sick joke. Yes, a, a, a sick taunt at Jewish people who are th- there to be murdered, and that that and, and you can trace that all the way back to no, you're not allowed a dog, and you and we're gonna we're gonna kill the dog. It, it, it's you can you can just see the lineage all the way all the way through. And these, I mean, I I thought these. Oddly enough, I found the first of the because there's two episodes. Mm. I found the first of the episodes the, the sort of more affecting because you because you do go from you go from a scout camp. You know, and and it's quite true that the 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 you know, Baden Powell was, was essentially paramilitary in his ambition, setting well, up the scouts, yes. setting up you know stout stout outdoorsy types to be useful to the British Empire, and that you know, and and then it gets this Nazi upgrade, and you've got and you've got those Hitler youth camps, but that it starts there. With kids camping and having a good time, and I mean, I think you even said on the video, "What's not to like? You're out with your mates, you're sleeping in the open. It's fun. You're getting some fresh yeah. air, some exercise, all that sort of thing." And then, and by the end of that episode, it's people being, you know, home movies of people being um, uh, uh, murdered. It's, it, 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 I found it really staggering. The other thing that I, that I thought was really amazing was, um, you know, you see the, you see. When Barbarossa starts, the what the sheer wide open spaces of, of, <laughs> yeah. of, of and you realise just how so, completely so stupid the whole invasion it, exactly. is. Exactly, well, huge, not stupid, but it's just it's, it's just it's just can't impossible. Work. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's empty. Um, uh, there are no roads because um, there's 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 pictures of those there's that footage of these tank formations, you know, uh, m- moving out across great big wide open space and no cover. And all that sort of thing, and it's and it, it, again, the thing it, a thing it struck me is that there are there are in a way there's two there's two Second World Wars. There's the one where the Germans catch everyone on the hop, yeah, and then there's the one where they have to be winkled out of where they managed to get to, yeah, and, and that's and you know the 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 the, 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 the part one is the quick bit, and then yep. part two is the slow, horrible, remorseless grind. 
apart. If you see what I mean, yeah. And I the do. Soviets under the Soviets have you know it takes them longer. It takes them as long as well. No, no, yeah, take you know the, the the turning the thing round, the reversing of, of fortunes, is the thing that is the story of the Second World War. Yes, more than the Blitzkrieg story. Yeah, in a way. absolutely, it is. Yeah. No, it completely is. And, and the second episode also includes that amazing footage by Helmut Mackemer, yeah. who is this doctor. He's an eye doctor, I think, and he yeah. and he and he gets, you know, and he's he's an ardent volunteer for it because he's got a wife who is Jewish. Yeah, and he's desperately trying to prove his bravery, desperately trying to prove that he's doing everything right. Yeah, following the system. Yeah, uh, and he's a very enthusiastic home movie taker. So he's got his little camera, and he. he the footage is just incredible, isn't yeah. it? Some of the stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. including of an operation, that one of a, of a guy having his hand um, yeah. uh, treated. He's obviously got a shrapnel in, yeah. in, in the kind of sort of bit between his finger and his thumb. And, I mean, it's so quick, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. bish, bash, bosh, yeah, put yeah. a bandage on, you're done, next one yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, this guy, is, I mean, the story is absolutely incredible because he he's desperate to get an Iron Cross first class. So he keeps throwing himself in danger and doing crazy things and rescuing the wounded and all the rest of it. And he duly gets his uh, Iron Cross first class, which he's really happy about because he's proving that he's a really good German yeah. and, um, uh, and doing his bit for the Fuhrer and all the rest of it and for the cause. And then he probably gets killed. So... The footage is the footage of a dead man, but they do get. He does get his wife and and son. Yeah, they are overturned. They are Aryanized. Yeah, and it is the only known case of that being so outside of the kind of you know high circles. Uh, yeah, I mean it's an, it is an amazing story just in its own right, and that's kind of a feature of this yeah. footage. I, I thought what was in, I thought was just fascinating was some of the other comments from from some of the other historians i mean they have this um uh historian there called called nora Krug, you know who's an illustrator and writes his books and and she's you know she writes books she's written a novel called heimat and yep. she's done another book on, on kind of sort of why the germans feel the way they are and the guilt and all the rest of it and 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 she's a fascinating person because she's a lot younger and she's of that kind of, sort of next generation that is that is around at the moment which is sort of trying to confront this Yes, yeah, for so long gra- it's been swept under the carpet. It's their grandparents rather than their parents, isn't it? Or even their great grandparents. So that exactly. So, so, so yeah. because because the 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 the, the son of uh, of um, Makama, yeah, is in is in it. Is and it, deeply touching that which the is scene incredi- is, which is incredibly touching and so sad. And him knowing when his father, him remembering when his father died and his mother knowing about it. And his that. mother just beating the table, yeah, sobbing. Yeah, and it and it and it's abs- it's awful. It's absolutely ghastly. But 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 he's part of you know the, the, that's one set of experience, but it's the like you say, it's the next generation of people going, right, okay, actually how do we how do we process this? Yeah. How do we deal with this? Well because the home movies themselves throw up all sorts of really uncomfortable kind of realizations that 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 you know, if you're taking a home movie, you're sending it back from the front, you're sending it to a developer, then it's being sent back again. There's lots of people who are there for seeing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're not kicking up a fuss. They're not going, my God, this is outrageous. It's just normal. It's yeah. kind of accepted almost. Yeah. And so there is, you know, the big question has always been is, how much do the Germans really know? Do yeah, they know about the death? Who knows how much they, know. they don't know? I, I, and, you know, I, I've, I've interviewed lots of veterans. And, and, and when, you know, you're talking to an, a you know, a guy who was 19 in 1944 and he was conscripted in late 1943 and he was sent to the Italian front or whatever. Yeah. I kind of sort of believe him when he says, you know, he comes from some little village in the middle of nowhere, you know, southeast Germany. I kind of sort of believe him when he says, I just didn't, I really didn't know about that stuff. I kind of, I believe that. 
But there's also a heck of a lot of people who clearly did know well, about also, it. But, and, also, and, but, but, but how could they not? When you when you consider that, that, that the war on the Eastern Front is framed entirely as a race war, as a yes. Rassen Krieg, yeah. the, you know, and again, there's footage of, there's the, and, and a lot of discussion on the film about, about, you know, footage of people setting fire to roofs, you know, burning yes. everything to yes. the ground. And there's people, there's Jews being beaten with sticks. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's people being pushed around. Yeah. There's, there's, there's naked men who are all being completely humiliated as yeah. they're being inspected and yeah. stuff. I mean, it's just, it's so grotesque, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. so upsetting. And that's the home movies. I mean, because after all, people are writing home, people are writing diaries and people are talking to each other and, um, uh, and also the propaganda, it, 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 you know, especially after Hamburg, which is the point, again, that the second film makes, that after Hamburg, when you get the total war speech, you get this thing where basically the regime goes, you know perfectly well what we've been up to. Yeah. You know perfectly well what's You're been done in the, in, German, in, the, in the name of Germany. You're all in it. You're, we're all in this. And there's, and there's no, you know, it's Armageddon now. There's no way out of this. Um, total defeat or, or total victory because, because you, uh, it, because unless you win totally, I mean, there's a, it, I can't remember which, uh, the thing I read recently, where there's a, where there's a, um, there's a woman who was who 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 went to Poland, enthusiastic Nazi, went to Poland and worked as part of the, um, uh, you know the the um, uh, colonization effort, right. you know the, the, the Germanization right. yeah. you know, thing, and uh, her going her going out, her being put on a farm and being told, right, well what you got to do is go beat the workers now, these poles working for them, <laughs> you need to go out and beat the workers. She says why. Um, well, because because what, they're scum, and they have what to we be. got to do. You got to go beat the workers, right? So she goes out, and she goes out with the farmhand, and they, you know, with the, the other German, and they beat the workers. And, and there's a bit in I can't remember which book this is, and it will come to me in a moment, minute. Where she goes, she, her main takeaway from that is thinking, we better win this war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's that it's that that's in the films. You you you, you know the the, the 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 sheer brutality. And again, again, it's the point that that that, that always gets made is that. You know, in Ukraine in particular, you could have turned up and and been liberators, um, kicking out the yeah. kicking out the Soviets, kicking yep. out the Red Army, kicking yep. out Stalin. You could have played that card quite um, uh, uh, quite feasibly. In, in in fact, you know, in the way that they had in in German Poland and in the Sudetenland and all that sort of stuff, you could have turned up and gone, "We're freeing you from um, appalling Bolshevism." Yeah. Um, and of course, they don't do that. They do. They do the precise opposite. And because it's a Rassen Krieg, because it's a race war, and and as a result, that you know, they don't. They don't. They don't get the population. No, they go around burning villages instead. Yeah, they don't get the population on side, and, and and when they had an opportunity to, of course, they were never ever going to be able to because everything's only ever been fr- was only ever framed in these racial terms. So, so, so you know, it's, that's a sort of what if that simply can't exist. But it. it I mean, the, the, the brutality in the films is, was really, really, was really. Well, this really is striking. the point, isn't it? Because we we all know what you know. We know what happened. We've read about it. Yeah. Um, also, but when you see home movies, amateur movies, yeah. and you see people being strung up and hanged, you see people being forced to kneel by the edge of the pit, shot in the back of the head and yeah. kicked in. You see people just casually kind of, you know, giving people these sort of taking away their shoes. You know, we'll have those. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and making them wear. It's just, it's just so horrible. And and I think it just, you know, I've been what uh, I found the whole thing kind of profoundly upsetting and yep. moving. And I, and I can't stop thinking about it ever since I watched it. You know, and I just, I just turned up to, to look at them with no prep whatsoever, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and some of it was, 
you know, obviously stuff about the film footage of Dunkirk and stuff was really interesting and, you know, but um, I don't know. I just, it just, it also makes you think about the world we're in today and, and the fact that there's any kind of anti-Semitism. I know that no one in the Labour Party at the moment, apart from a few mad people that have been highlighted in that inquiry, are suggesting, you know, slaughtering Jews or anything. But it just, I just feel that the kind of the warning from history is is that you can go from something which initially seems outrageous and shocking, then becomes normal. So you then have to get to the next level of outrageous and shocking, and that becomes normal. And it, and it, and it's, well, it's, it's genes, stepping stones. If you're not... Of bottles. It's, yeah. Yes, it's stepping stones if you're not careful. And that's why, you know, when we know what's happened, the fact that there's any kind of anti-Semitism in this country at all, as we're kind of, you know, dawning into the kind of third decade of the 21st century, just it seems to me... Absolutely, but 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 a, incomprehensible, but a, but a, and needs to be but, completely but, but slapped out. But also, out. nationalism, full, hard, yeah, it's, it's just hardcore nationalism, full stop. I is, totally it, agree. It, it, is is you, you you look at the you look at the things being done in its name, and you think, well, this can't be this this can't be a, a, a good idea. Surely, <laughs> it, you know. I mean, I. Again, I mean the the thing the thing that the thing I found incredibly striking about it all that though is that you would get you go oh there's going to be this town we've cleared all the Jews out we're going to go shoot them do you want to bring your cine camera oh yeah sure no problem they you know and, and so you run into this question of, yeah, yeah here's fun here's, is they know it's a crime yeah but they're filming it anyway. And they, what are they going to do? Sit down on a after Sunday lunch, get a gin and tonic out, and, um, and, and watch the juice I mean, slaughter. Exactly, project it on the project it on a screen in their living room. That, I mean, that and that's that's where you end up thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, this is this is how far this has how far this has got. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I when's it on? By the way, it's on 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 the twenty eighth and the 29th of December in the evening. Oh, I think cheerful, nine o'clock. Cheerful Christmas. Well, uh, post Christmas, you know, settle down with a with a stiff gin and. <laughs> Armagnac, yeah, um, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I just, but I just, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of these. I've got to say, I, I think they're really hard hitting, and I think they're really important stuff. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of the kind of TV I make is is you know well, hopefully entertaining and fun to and yeah. interesting to watch and stuff, but you know, it's all kind of kind of guff really um and, no, uh, but James, this, not, is, this is this is this is i mean you know, obviously i'm making a kind of trying to make historical points and things but this is this is something that i think people ought to watch i really mm. think for you know in the nation today i i just feel you know we're, we're in such a sort of you know we, we, things haven't gone out of hand but they just they just could you know and i you yeah. know i've had lively exchanges on social media about this at the moment yeah. and quite a few people are sort of going Oh, you know, I mean, how can you compare what's going on at the moment with, with the Nazis? <laughs> I'm not comparing it with the Nazis. I'm saying what I'm saying is, if you're not careful, if you if you have that kind of complacency attitude that there's kind of sort of degrees of anti-Semitism, some of it's sort of okay yeah. and some of it isn't. Yeah. I mean, you, you're on the rocky road. Yeah. You, you know, it is not acceptable in any form. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, we as a wider society. I mean, I know we can't vote about momentum, and we can't vote about other politicians in the Tory party who might be anti-Semitic or whatever. But as a nation, we can united stand up and say, "No, this is absolutely outrageous. We're not going to put up with it." And yeah. anyone who who furthers this kind of stuff needs to be absolutely kicked into touch. Yeah. I mean, it is it is fascinating that you'd think um, the events of the Second World War meant that. You know, it it couldn't possibly return. That it just you would have thought you would have thought, but but that but there it is. It's um, yeah. I mean, I I I I mean, I actually 
I had to keep pausing this because a lot of it was um, sort of basically too horrible to watch. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the part of me swung from, oh, ooh, look, Panzer threes, And then that's a Stug four. you know. Like, the, 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 my, yeah. my normal sort of um, uh, kind of, tr- I suppose, tank spottering instinct. And then, <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus Christ, I cannot watch this. This is... Yeah. Um, this is, uh, which is, I am, however, recommending that people watch it, obviously. <laughs> well, I think, I just think everyone should. I yeah. really do. You know, you don't have to watch it, you know, record it and watch it at a later date when you're yeah. feeling in a more sober mood. But I just think everyone should, because I think the warnings are just there. And I'm not, I'm not saying for a minute that we're going to sort of turn into the Nazi state or anything like that. But I just think it's important that everyone realises how these things can develop, how yeah. nationalism can get out of hand, how, how ideology and racial ideology can get completely out of hand. And there are parallels, you know, there completely are. I mean, you know, the, the, the rows of, of, of Jews and others about to be executed is, is no different from the guys in the orange jumpsuits about to have their heads chopped off by ISIS. Yeah. You know, they those horrible videos, which frankly, I, you know, I would never in a million years watch. Um, but it, it's the same thing, you know. It, it, you, you can see it repeating itself, and, and you know, the whole point of studying history is, is a because it's massively entertaining and it's full and rich of human drama. But it's also because you know patterns of human behaviour do repeat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, because they're deeply ground into 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 culture. I mean, uh, you know, Western. Western Christian culture, the, the 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 sort of flip side of of a lot of Christian culture is anti-Semitism because because you, what you've got is two old Judaic cults falling out with each other and one blaming the other and and you know uh, the, the villain number one in the Christian legend is Judas you know it's yep. it's it's all it's all been there right from the start and that that's permit you know and also anti-Semitism has so essentially been around for two thousand years so it's an all it's had an awful lot of practice. And has that is true. It wriggled its way into all sorts of forms of discourse that people don't even know about. Anyway, well, anyway, enough 20th, of that. 28th, but do do have a watch. Twenty eighth, twenty ninth of December. Yep. Lost home on movies. BBC. I can't remember if it's BBC two or BBC four. It doesn't really matter. Lost home movies of the Nazis. Anyway, we'll movies. try to keep it a bit light and shade the podcast, as you know. But these films are very dark. But I would, I, I absolutely would recommend them because, um, you know, we we do. Sometimes we flip on this show um, about some of this subject matter. And um, uh, anyway, we'll return. We'll be telling about a little venture we've undertaken and we'll also get stuck into your questions shortly. Bye. Cheerio. Welcome back. Now, regular listeners will know that James and I are obsessed with war books, be they history's first-hand accounts, even works of fact-based fiction. So for 12 days this Christmas, starting on the 23rd of December, James and I have picked out six of our favourites each and read an extract from them. We'll also be discussing both the books and the historical context. Um, I hope you enjoy them. Um, we'll be publishing a book list so you can read more from the ones you find most interesting. Um, you've but, got... I've, 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 well, I'm, I'm having a sort of dilemma. I've, yeah. I've already recorded one. Yeah. Which is The Straits of Messina by um, Johannes Steinhoff, because I've yeah. just read it and it's completely fantastic. And I love the fact that it's an air war book, but told from the perspective of the Germans when yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're, they're down on their luck, to put yeah. it mildly. So that's a really interesting one. Um, but then I'm having a little bit, because I was sort of thinking, well, you know, we should do a bit of Eastern Front, you know, we should do a bit of kind of Far East, mm-hmm. you know, mix it up, a bit of air, land and sea, don't want yeah. to be kind of TV. Yeah. But, you know, sort of, and, and then and then, and then then Tony said, said to us, well, you know, of course you'll be doing First Light, won't you? producer, by the way, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Tony said, well, you'll be doing First Light, won't you? You know, particularly with my sort of connection with Jeff and everything. And I thought, well, yeah, but most, most of our listeners, I reckon, have probably read that one. So I think that's just too obvious. Yeah. Although I love it. I, I, yeah. That's not on my list. 
Then I was I was very keen to do the cruel sea because I thought it was really important to do um, a bit of naval yep. naval stuff. But I can't actually find it. You can't I just, find I just it. can't find it in my at home. I've got it somewhere. I just but at the moment I can't find it. And then I was suddenly thinking, oh, it's all a bit blokesy, isn't it? You know, what about what about what about some sort of female writing? It's a bit woke of you, James. It is a bit woke of me, isn't it? So I was I was I was looking woke at, Holland. Well, I was looking at a book that I haven't actually read. Um, Notes from the blockade. Um, by Lydia Ginsburg, you know, of the siege of, of Leningrad. But then is that is that a bit depressing for Christmas? No. But I mean, no, it does, I mean, I had a quick flip through last night. And it looks amazing, and it's well, you know, no, you it's, should, it's a very no, famous book. I just never never read no, you it. Should, you should definitely get. Definitely. Or do I do um, War from the War on the Val d'Orcia by Iris Arrigo, which is you know. But then on the other hand, then I've got another one from Italy, so I don't know. It's difficult. It is hard. I've got, I've gone for um, some Spike inevitably. Yeah, of course. Um, and um, you're doing George McDonald Fraser, aren't you? I do. Yeah, it's quarter safe out here, and the bit from the Cauldron Zeno, which is a novel, but. But Zeno, or what is his name, Macquarie, I think his name was, was, was he was there yeah. in the independent company. Um, quite an interesting character in himself. Um, so I'm so. There's also Alexander Barron, who we could do. Well, there may be Alexander Barron. I mean, th- and I then mean, there's Evelyn War. I mean, I mean the problem. I mean, the problem right, is, is this is a, is a, bo- it's a bottomless pit, isn't it? Well, the alternative is, is that actually, everyone finds this quite interesting and quite enjoys it, and then we just do some more. Well, obviously, <laughs> at a later stage, in which case, problem, yeah, yeah. problem solved. Absolutely. So I think I'm just going to do what I want. Okay, you do whatever you want, James, because that's the whole—that's the beauty of podcasting. We haven't <laughs> had to go to a meeting with a commissioning editor where they've gone. I'm sorry, but you're not woke Holland enough. <laughs> right, um, right. We, we've some questions. Um, uh, and with those, by the way, those are starting on the 23rd, and they're kind of like 12, 15 minute, 20 minute extracts. Um, uh, um, and we'll be discussing what there'll be a little bit where we discuss what each one is and where they what they where they fit in and how difficult it is to get hold of a copy of the Cauldron by Zeno. And this do you is, put on an American accent if you're doing an American book? Um, well, I'm a man. Or German. Of, I'm a man of many voices. <laughs> and then I got into my Messerschmitt. Well, and I well, I think above Sicily. I, I think you well, definitely <laughs> have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. If I'm doing serenade for the for the big bird, you know, do I, uh, I don't know. or Ernie Pyle? You know, it's a tricky. <laughs> right, Alec writes to us. Um, loving the podcast, gents. So he's straight out of the gate there. I was wondering about <laughs> Red Cross parcels for Allied POWs. How do they get through? Did the Germans set aside transport for them? You know what? I I I don't know. And Nor do I. And this is one of those things because whenever you read a whenever you you know you read a a, a thing about POWs. Hmm. There's always the stuff about the Red Cross parcels, and particularly, you know, the Great Escape is about how they they refashion the tins and they, yeah. you know, they they, they, they scavenge stuff and yeah. they use them for yeah, barter and trade. Yeah, when I was in Coldits the other day, there was this fantastic. When I was in Coldits the other day, just a few weeks ago, um, there was a fantastic letter from a guy saying, you know, um, dear whatever his son was, let's say Nicholas, he's yeah. terribly sorry I'm not going to be home for Christmas. And rather unfortunately, I've been captured and uh, <laughs> I'm in a prison camp and a uh, bit of a bore. But um, anyway, it was amazing. But obviously that got through. Must have gone through Switzerland then. Surely Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland being neutral. it be those neutral countries, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be. So you if, can fly in there or... or well, yeah, well, well, we well, the, well, that's always the question is because... because <clears throat> were there... And, and the, it, there will be a listener who knows this. There must have been overflights to Switzerland... That were like you'd 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 get on the phone and you say to the Germans, um, that this is a humanitarian diplomatic bag style yeah. flight that's coming over. I mean, surely that's what they did. Must have been. 
Must have been because you've because you've got because because uh, <clears throat> you know the other the other end of it isn't it? You've got people you've got people um, escape escape lines out out into over the Pyrenees into Spain stuff yeah. like stuff like that. And once you're in Spain, then Spain was neutral. So then you got home. But but again, how without being you know because once the ships left Spain, it's not is it neutral anymore? Or, or I mean, this is the, I mean, this is all work. This is a, this is an interesting thing, um, and I don't. I'll admit it. I don't know. James doesn't know. So if anyone knows how this worked, please let us know because it's 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 fascinating because because it because what it speaks of is a kind of um, uh, and of course different combatants prisoners were treated in different ways as 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 we know and what it speaks of is some sort of way way in which the germans are talking to the british and going all right okay red cross parcels i mean they they are getting through aren't they they yeah. just are yeah oh, it's just amazing and I, intermittently I, and sometimes I, and it's also it's amazing having kind of, sort of obsessed about this subject for the last 20 years i mean i've never thought about that yeah well, there we go. I've never thought about He's it. He's never thought about it. So, if someone knows, let us know. And I might, I might try and go away and find out. Yeah, I, I reckon too. Guy would. Guy Walters would probably know. Yeah, he, he would, wouldn't he? Because he's written about the great escape. He's written about the great escape, so he'll 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 have he'll have at least checked out. Okay. Well, we'll talk from. to Guy. Okay. What's the next one? Uh, Hawksy. Hi, chaps. We all know the stories of Operation Chastise Jericho, etc. But did the Germans ever go for special surgical bombing missions? Keep up the great work. Well, I suppose the, the, the Beiderbeck raids are the closest thing to a sort of... The Germans didn't do this. <clears throat> no. The, the Germans never really got their heads round. We're never, ever thinking in terms of strategic, strategic bombing anyway. The strategic bombing they did was all an accident. It was going to be, but there was General Fever who then got... Um, he learned to fly but wasn't very good at it. Took off in a in a Heinkel one eleven, I think it was, yeah. in not very good weather, and promptly killed himself, and that was that. And, yeah. and his place was taken over by uh, Yashonik, yeah. who was very against the strategic air force. So just at the very point where strategic air force was, was going to be built, um, uh, they didn't. And, and what's really interesting is is they then they did try and build a heavy bomber, didn't they, during the war? Yeah. I mean, they built the Heinkel one seven seven, which yeah. is total dog, um, absolutely awful, and killed somebody like thirty two of the Luftwaffe's greatest test pilots in yeah. the process, including one of them blowing up in front of Hitler on a demo. I mean, it was a to- yeah. I mean, it was just an awful plane. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, the French created this thing called a, a Bloch. Which which could fly over three hundred miles an hour and was a heavy bomber. It was yeah. a four engine bomber. It was yeah. just absolutely amazing. Only one was ever built, I think. Uh, and the Germans flew it till the end of the war. <laughs> why the, why, why they, the heck didn't they? Wait, they reverse the jigs, engineer the, the jig, it or, or the jigs are at the factory or whatever? Oh, it, 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 yes, I mean, but, there but, it is on but, a plate. But, but, but the, I mean, one of the one of the reasons they didn't is because they were by the by the time. By the middle, by the middle of forty-two, the Luftwaffe is playing a permanent game of catch-up. It's basically yes, even, it's completely overstretched. E- yeah, it's even though, even though in nineteen forty-four, the Germans produce more planes than the British do, forty thousand, we produce thirty-six thousand, something like that. But they're smaller planes with a lower tonnage, lower load, lower um, thinner uh, metal, thinner metal, lower t- tactical capacity, and all that sort of thing. You know, you, you, I mean, you know, no one gets close to well until the B twenty-nine to what a Lancaster can carry. You know, mosquitoes carrying the same as a B seventeen, effectively when it's running, when they're both running it fully loaded. But anyway, the point is, even though the Germans are producing more stuff, then they've not got the pilots, and they're permanently, permanently playing catch up. Yep. And in all the and in all the theatres, the, what happens is the Allied air force um, wins, overpowers, takes gains air superiority, and then finally in Northwest Europe, air, you know, air supremacy, yes. where you can't even put. <clears throat> 
you can't actually put any planes up. Yeah. And so the the Germans aren't thinking, well, what we'll do is a sneak raid on the Derwent Dam. They, they, they're just, they have a... But, the, but, but the interesting a, thing is... is well, is, they is, do get hold of a bouncing bomb. They, they do get hold of a bouncing bomb, uh, completely intact from one that comes down on the dam's raid. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, you know, even if they want to reverse engineer it, and they do take it to pieces and they look at it and they yeah. examine it and work out what exactly what it's done is... I mean, they can't do anything about it because there isn't a plane that they've got in their arsenal that can carry it. Yeah. I mean, you know, only the Lancashire is the only plane in the world that, at can, that stage that can, can carry yeah. a, um, a, a, an upkeep, you know, the, the, the also, larger bouncing bomb. But but what is really interesting about, about it is, is that Hitler is the one who is quite obsessed with bombing. Yeah. Um, and in the summer of 1943, when the net is absolutely kind of closing in around the Third Reich from a kind of air power point of view, it is completely obvious to go... Even Goering, but all his junior commanders, most of whom are pretty competent, actually. Yeah. You know, you're talking about sort of Gallant and, and yeah. even Beppo Schmidt has sort of tidied up his act since the, his intelligence days in the Battle of Britain. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's some pretty good people around. Uh, and they all recognise that what you need to do is have fighters to do the defence of the right. And Hitler overrules them and says, no, 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 we're not doing that. I want bombers. Yeah. And they go... But we didn't win in 1940 when we were against an inferior um, but numbers, so much numbers of, but, air force, but, but, and, and we had the most bombers we've ever had. But we're so, never going to be able to do it. And he goes, "I don't care." But you know, but so much of this is the fact that um, the Allied bombing campaign is gaining in effectiveness, strength, momentum, all that sort of thing. Yeah, with every passing. And the Germans, the Germans think, well, we haven't got the answer to that, so they start spending vast amounts of time, effort and money on the on the V weapon programme. Yes, and which, Milk, which, Milk, who is which the number is, two. Which they're trying to they try to leapfrog the problem of not having a strategic bomber. Right. And switch and switch to this mirror this you know miracle weapon. And it you know, again it's always one of these it's always it's always this thing. If they'd not spent the money I mean, and, and always and it's like we were saying earlier, it's a counterfactual that's not possible. If they'd thought differently and thought, actually we're wait, we're spunking a huge amount of money on this. We're completely wasting money, time and expertise on this thing. Just a decent four engine strategic bomber might do the trick. Because the baby blitz, after all, in early forty four. Yeah. Catches the catches the British out to start with, yeah. because because we're not expecting them to even bother trying it no. any more bombing. I mean, obviously it's then defeated. Um, but but when Hitler says, says in I think it's sort of um, September 1943, he goes no 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 we've got to have a bomber force and you've got yeah. to organise it and get it get a bomber force and and go and bomb Britain immediately. That that's the best you know attack yeah. is the best form of defence. All this kind of stuff. Um, what Milk does, who is the number two of the Luftwaffe, basically running the show, albeit to yeah. kind of sort of paying lip service to Goering, what he does is, okay, so this is what we're going to do, boys. We're just going to carry on making loads and loads of fighter planes. Um, and what we'll do is we'll call the V rocket, the V weapons, we'll call them, you know, air comma bombers. Yeah. Because they are delivering bombs, and that's just our new bomber force. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how we'll get around the Fuhrer. And it, it just, you know, he falls for hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. But he falls for it too much hook, line, and sink because then, of course, when the ME262 is being trialled, everyone's fine. You know, Gallant's sort of rubbing his hands together thinking, great, we finally got a decent fighter that might be yeah. able to take on these Thunderbolts and Mustangs and kind yeah. of Typhoons and stuff. Um, Hedder goes, oh, no, no, you're not using that as fighter. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a bomber. Yeah, background attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so they, the, 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 the basically, Hawksy, they didn't get round to it. Um, they just I didn't mean, have you, the kit. They didn't have the capability. Have, you do have you do have things like guided by wire um, anti shipping missiles. Because it's in shipping that, that yes. this sort of precision attack weapons, surgical attack weapons, are, are, are much more are much more kind of uh, useful. And you do have a couple of boats in, in ships in Italy that are sunk with wire guided missiles. Aren't yes, they? and Salerno, there's also isn't that right? yes, and there's and there is a there is a Junkers that does it seems make it all the way to the um, to the east coast of 
America yep. on a single flight. Yep. And um, and then you've got my old Nazi chum, Hyo Herman, who, who drops a bomb in Perez Harbour and hits an ammunition ship and the whole thing yeah. blows up. Yeah. Um, so there are moments of yeah. rare success. I mean, the other but, thing but, is... But basically, you're absolutely right. They don't of, have the capacity, yeah, don't have the capability, yeah. and they don't have the time. But of course, I mean, the, the, the thing to note is that Harris didn't think too much of uh, these sort of this sort of stuff anyway, did he? No. That 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 the that, that, that I mean six one seven nine squadron. It's very interesting, but they are the exception that proves the rule. That yeah. that that actually what bomber command is about is about de let's call it dehousing. Let's let's just use <laughs> that euphemism for today. Area bombing. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, what's the next one? Andy Brum asks: Reading Beavers in our den book. How was Hodges not fired slash shot for incompetence at the Hurricane Forest? Well, being shot's a bit, but that's a bit more Soviet than yeah. um. Well, well, Anthony's quite down on on the kind of Allied policy in the in the um, yeah in the final months of the war. It has to be said. Um, um, I mean, all I'd say is is that I think the if you're following a broad front policy, which a makes sense on many levels, hmm. um, because the narrow front policy when they tried it at Market Garden didn't work. Yeah. Um, and politically is absolutely essential because yeah. you, if you have a narrow front, that means you can't fit all your forces into one narrow front. So some of them are missing out. And, and someone's got to go first, yeah. And someone's yeah. got to go first. Um, and the whole point about the broad front policy is, is very sort of ingrained in into American strategy. Yeah. And their point is we've got lots. Let's shove lots at it yeah. and, and put pressure points absolutely everywhere. Yeah. The problem you've got is it goes back again to that whole issue of geography because if... If you look at the map, there's very, very few easy entry points into Germany. Yeah. You know, the whole of the German front line from north of Aachen all the way down to the old Maginot line yeah. is really forested Yeah, and hilly. And yeah. there is just, just, just no way around it. And I know there were some, some tactical mistakes about kind of, you know, the lakes and stuff like that. But basically, I don't really see that they had any choice whatsoever. But also, uh, And actually you- also, you know, w- w- all these generals, they, they're very... They get criticised a lot for not having the tactical flair of the Germans and not having the ruthlessness. I, th- I think a, I think they were completely ruthless. But I think also you have to understand that you're dealing with conscript armies where you're trying to keep the number of casualties to a bare minimum. And you know what you're trying to do is use your huge industrial strength and weight of firepower yeah. to do the hard yards for you. But in the autumn of 1944, as we all know, because of the um, ports crisis... Yeah. And the overextension of lines of communication, that was not quite as powerful as it was. And a lot of the huge, um, the sort of USP of the Allied forces is to use air power. And of course, when it's a really shitty, crappy day, yeah. you can't use it. And and we had these terrible winters, one mm. after the other, during the Second World War. But so I don't you, think he's entirely... But if you sack Hodges, you've got to sack Bradley. And this is the other thing. Yeah. And then you've got to sack Ike. You know, I just, I just don't think I don't think Hodges was that bad. No, no, no. I mean, the thing is, is it, the thing is, is at all. You know, there's a, 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 certainly some dominoes. If if the buck, if the buck, if you want the buck to stop with Hodges, then it's got to stop with Bradley, and then and then really with their boss. You know, the, well, the, what I would say to Anthony, and what I would also say to Andy and Brum is. <laughs> Show me a, you know, give me an alternative plan. You know, what what would you have done differently? And I'm, I'm sure he would say, well, tactically, you know, I would have done this and I wouldn't have crossed X when I did on that particular day. But that that's taking it to a micro level, which is sort of almost beyond, below Hodge's level. I mean, yeah. you know, Hodge's level, he's talking broad brush stuff and it's kind of overall kind of strategy for his era part of the line. Yeah. 
that part of the line is you're in the line and in front of you is Hurtgen Forest. Get through it. Yeah. I mean, of course, the problem you've got also is not only is it bad weather. In a forest, you can't really see your enemy so well, with, well yes. from, from above. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I, I just, I, I can't say there's enough. Yeah. There's an awful lot of forests and it's just, yeah. you can't really do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Ian Wolfe, which um, um, Ian Wolf. is a seasonal surname. I chaps love the podcast. Um, as we're nearing that time of year, how was Christmas marked during the war? Did fighting continue on the 25th? 100% Absolutely, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for instance... <laughs> no Christmas truce in World War II. The, the, you know, the Battle of the Bulge, which is which is about to start, starts next week. 16th, yeah. Yeah. Um, fighting on Christmas Day was as... Was as 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 full on and bitter as uh, as any other day during that campaign. Well, as Pee Wee Martin was saying yeah. when I talked to him the other day, you know, he was saying on Christmas Day he was in a f- foxhole freezing his nuts off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, the, uh, oh, oh, I've just been handed a note. Anything like the First World War football? Now, of course, all our First World War historian uh, friends are now um, gnashing their teeth and wailing at the <laughs> What football, man? What football, exactly? There's it wasn't that, where, it, the, they, where the marker well, it's, is. It wasn't where the marker is. It never bloody happened. Yeah, Hug Street or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, no. No. There wasn't football. No, like no, 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 no. I mean, the... the, the I mean, the thing is, is you do get, you do get, um, and and it'll be in one of the, you know, I've, I'm, one of the books I'm going to read is, you know, is Milligan's Milligan's Christmas in 1943, which is which is amazing mm. to read about, absolutely fascinating. Um, but they were, but they they weren't in the line, so they weren't. Yes, they weren't shelling uh, yeah, anyone that's the being, caveat I was just about to make. We weren't shelling anyone or being shelled and all that. that yeah, that they were. They were. They. They were in. They weren't in the line, so they were. They were out of harm's reach, and so yeah. they were very well taken care of. And that's that. I mean, the really interesting thing about about you read that is is you know it's they're all pissed. It's Turkey. It's yeah. it's a it's a big happy smashing day actually. Their Christmas day, which is I think, which is a marked contrast to then if you you know two years later in the bar, uh, a year later, in the bulge where it's um yep. it's you know it's it's house by house. Bitterly cold, yep. uh, all that sort of thing. Anyway, yes. well, I think if you're, I think you're absolutely right. If, if you're in the line, it's it's miserable and there's no football matches. If you're out of the line, um, if you're a base waller, if you're one of the nearly fifty yeah. percent of service troops, you, you, your chances of being able to celebrate it a little bit higher. But yeah. whether the football matches, you know, yeah, I haven't read one. No. Okay. Excellent. Well, there you go. Well, <sighs> that's Crikey. it. That, I think. I, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast this year. Um, we start in the spring, and I feel we're now deep into our winter campaign, sort of podcast Barbarossa without all the nasty bits. Can we turn back now and break out, James? No. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, it's I, been brilliant fun, hasn't it? I've really well, yeah. enjoyed it. And, and um, I mean, this all came about because basically, the year before last, you and I sat in a pub and talked about the war with... We, we actually made an appointment to talk, sit in a pub and talk about the war. Yeah. Should we meet in the pub and talk about the war? That's exactly what we did. <laughs> it's great fun. Um, but, but so here... So, here it is, um, uh, and I've, I, 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 you know, um, I've been very touched by people getting in touch to say how much like the podcast. Um, I, I love all the questions as well. I mean, some the, of them are just, you know, yeah. absolutely stumped me. Some of them, it's been really nice to kind of um, use them as a launch pad for um, <laughs> sitting on my soapbox and <laughs> getting stuff off <laughs> my chest. Absolutely, but um, I mean, the thing I've, I mean, I was, at, I, was, I was at an event last night, and I had that thing, you know, when you know when someone touches you on the elbow because they want your attention, bloke. Touches me on the arm and goes, I really love We Have Ways. And then, and then, and that was our little moment together. And there's been an awful lot of that this year. So a huge thank you to our listeners. Um, and the response to this has been um, uh, 
absolutely brilliant. I've learned so much. I'm having to read so much <laughs> just to stand still um, uh, to keep up with James here. Well, it has been great. And, um, uh, you know, please do keep, you know, getting in touch and yeah. um, using Twitter, or hashtag we have ways, or via the email for old people, of course. Yes. Um, we have ways podcast at gmail.com. Um, there's various other things we're planning on. Um, there's a, you've, you've got your trip to the BBMF. Oh, which, uh, yeah. Oh. So playing with Spitfires and Hurricanes and, yeah, the, and a Lancaster. Amazing. Um, yeah. So you've got that. Um, and the Dakota. Yeah, I've got part two of Stuart Watson. Brilliant. Who does talk about Christmas actually? Oh, uh, Christmas 1944. We've got our Christmas books, and 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 are we still going to the our den? We're sort of talking, thinking about trying it. to figure out how to get there. Trying to figure yeah, out how to get yeah, there, but yeah. it might be January now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, we're, so we're hopefully going off to the Arden. Um, but bye for now. Cheerio. Bye.